Hey, it's Jonathan Colton here from Ask Me Another. Join me and guest host Faith Saley for two great shows at the Bell House. Our guests will be Saturday Night Live's Taryn Killam on Monday, November 9th, and comedian David Cross on November 12th. Tickets at amatickets.org. Warning. The following content has been deemed inappropriate for the radio. It may also be inappropriate for children, offices, or sensitive grandparents. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. And I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. So this week's VIP has one of the most distinctive voices in showbiz, and he's known for a legendary telling of the famous dirty joke, The Aristocrats. It's Gilbert Gottfried. Now, if you don't know that joke, the premise is that a family walks into a talent agency and auditions with their act. And what their act is, is a collection of the most depraved, vulgar, obscene things that you can come up with. I would love to perform it, but it would clearly never get past legal. But let's just say in public radio speak, uh, the man drops his pants while misquoting Maya Angelou. And then they have wild sex without discussing their feelings before, during, or after. <laughs> Let's say hello now to the man who is always a class act, our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton. Hello? Our first game is called The Big Score, and even though soccer is gaining popularity, some Americans still can't muster up much enthusiasm for it. So we're going to take a lesson in passion from the soccer announcer, Andres Cantor. If you don't know him, he's this guy. Goal! It's a nice set of pipes, Ophira. Thanks. Let's welcome our first two contestants, Ashley Parks and Max Ash. <laughs> Ashley, Max, what is your main goal in life? Um, I would probably have to say, I hope Jonathan will write me a song. <laughs> that's, your, that's your main goal? That's your primary goal? <laughs> well, it might be the secondary. I'm, I'd really love to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and I see this as sort of a launching pad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be totally honest, Ashley. You had me, and then you lost yeah. me. <laughs> Max? Uh, I would like to do just anything in comedy, like a comedian, writer, actor, anything, really. All right, I feel like both your goals are unattainable. No, no that sounds totally great. That sounds totally great. Okay, so what's going to go on here? You don't have to know anything about sports in this great. game. You just have to know how to yell. We're going to give you a clue to a word or a name that has the sound go in it, and you have to answer with the zeal of Andres Cantor. And the winner will move on to the World Cup of Trivia, known as the Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yep. Books written by celebrities often have this kind of uncredited co-author. <laughs> Ashley. Oh, go biographer? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is correct. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you can't just throw go into any word. I understand the rules Okay, now. good, good. Right. You know that was, a, that that was, was a, a test question. That was right? a test good, question. It was a good learning moment. <laughs> Ashley took one for the team, and now we can move on and have the game. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> this French appetizer is typically made from snails cooked in garlic and butter. Max. Escar go! It's kind of fun yelling go to a oh, snail. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, this actor is best known for playing Detective Fish on the 70s sitcom Barney Miller. <laughs> and the grandfather in Look Who's Talking. Any ideas? Let's go to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, and see if we have a hint that you might be able to help other contestants with. <laughs> I'm not sure the hint is any easier than All the right. question. 
He also played Sal Tessio in The Godfather, and his death was twice misreported in the 80s, leading to a series of running gags about whether he was dead or alive. Max. Abe Vagula! Yes! <laughs> There's a website called isabevagodadead.com. Yeah. And you frequent that. Yeah. Right now it just says no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the easiest website to update. <laughs> this large, very dry region in Asia covers parts of northern China and southern Mongolia. Max. What is the Gobi Desert? <laughs> Could you answer it not in a question? I'm sorry, Alex. Gobi Desert. That was right. That was correct. The last leader of the Soviet Union, he was known for glasnost, perestroika, and a port wine stain. Okay, let's start with this part. The last leader of the Soviet Union. Max. Oh, no. Gorbachev. Yes. <laughs> In a 2012 British film Institute poll, this Hitchcock movie starring Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak was named the greatest film of all time. Puzzle guru Greg Pliska, can you give these fine people it's a hint? It's also the name of a condition where you get dizzy, you feel like you're falling. Max. Vertigo! And that's how it feels to have it. Yes, that is correct. Puzzle guru Greg Pliska, how did our contestants do? Well, I have to say, Max, you are going to go to the final round at the end of the show. I was just going to say, I know that Ashley actually knew all the answers. She just didn't want to have to yell, go. <laughs> I don't blame her. Max looks like an idiot right now. <laughs> Welcome our next two contestants, Liz Rosen and Daniel Percorero. Now we have an excellent match here. Liz, you are joining us from Herndon, Virginia, is that right? Yes. And in uh, Herndon, Virginia, she runs not one, but two weekly trivia nights. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Correct. Dan has a podcast called The Thursday Trivia Podcast. This is trivia intensity. Couple of ringers. So since you both write trivia constantly, uh, why don't you share with us a, a recent trivia tidbit or maybe a clue you've written that you were really proud of. Liz? Well, one question I wrote for last night's game that I just think is a, a good little piece of recent news is that the first woman won the International Fields Medal, uh, Miriam Mizrakani. Oh, yeah. Mine is less topical, at least in the Wisconsin State Senate. They passed a resolution declaring a state bacterium. It was the, uh, the bacterium used to uh, aid cheese. Aid cheddar cheese. Oh, <laughs> finally. <laughs> okay, so you know about stuff that's going on now. So this will be a treat. Yes, uh, and in this round, we are going to hop into our time machine. Not really, that's just a metaphor. <laughs> and go back to the year 1914. Why that year? Because we found a 1914 World Almanac. And we don't have the budget to buy any newer almanacs. <laughs> so we said, hey, why not make a game out of this? We're going to ask you some questions that you must answer from the vantage point of 1914. Greg Pliska, how about an example? If I said this massive feat of engineering was finally completed this year and the steamship SS Ancone became the first vessel to pass through it, you would answer the Panama Canal. Please answer quickly because I don't want to get stuck here in 1914. The Wi-Fi is very hard to find. Also, World War I. Here we go. How many stars are on the American flag? Daniel. 47. I'm sorry, that is incorrect, Liz. 46. Also incorrect. Oh, so close. Does anybody know the answer? 
48. 48 is right. Yeah. So far, so good. Once available in red, blue, green, and gray, but now available only in black. This car is on its way to becoming one of the best-selling vehicles of all time. Daniel. Model T. That is correct, the Ford Model T. Debuting this year to disappointing sales, the new book, Dubliners, is a collection of short stories by this author. Daniel. James Joyce. That is correct, James Joyce. Which is amazing. I mean, disappointing book sales in, in 1914. Like, wait till he sees 2014. That's 1914 was a dream. Thanks to the campaigning of Anna Jarvis, President Wilson recently declared that the first Sunday of each May will be recognized as what national holiday? Daniel. Law Day? No, I'm sorry. Liz. <laughs> Mother's Day. Mother's Day yes. is the right answer. Actually, in some houses, Mother's Day is Law Day. (laughs) (laughs) Just learned a lot about your family. (laughs) Added to the U.S. Constitution just last year, the 17th Amendment provides for the direct election of what lawmakers? Daniel. Senators. That is correct. Finally, doctors here in 1914 are reporting a rash of people being seriously injured by exploding what? Is it A, golf balls, B, soda bottles, or C, pickle barrels? Daniel. Pickle barrels. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. All right, Liz, do you want to steal? I'm going to go with soda bottles. Ah, if only. It was golf balls? Golf balls. Oh, my God. Seems unlikely, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I that one was obvious. Clearly. <laughs> it was 1914. Things were different back yeah. then. Before you could put an egg in a microwave, you know, they had to explode something. Uh, it was because they put, like, a compressed liquid in the golf balls. And then they were like, oh, that's a bad idea. And they stopped doing that. <laughs> Don't hit those. <laughs> <laughs> Puzzle guru Greg Fliska. How did the contestants do? Daniel is the winner, and Daniel, we'll see you in our final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll give Chuck Berry a run for his money, and if you have a line that you need crossed, we have the comedian for you. Gilbert Gottfried will be joining us later in the show, so stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Casper. They are an online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam to give just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and returns. It's outrageous comfort at a polite price. So go to casper.com another to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code ANOTHER to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, it's Jonathan Colton here. Thank you for listening to Ask Me Another. I have something really special to tell you about, and it is a conversation with the author of the Robert Galbraith mystery novels. But you probably know her by her actual name, J.K. Rowling. So don't miss a rare conversation with J.K. Rowling on Pop Culture Happy Hour, NPR's fun and lively roundtable discussion of movies, books, TV shows, music, and everything else. J.K. Rowling is on Pop Culture Happy Hour. Listen now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. Please welcome our contestants, Jillian Schrager and Andrew Watterson. Jillian is visiting us from Ann Arbor. That's true. And Andrew from San Francisco. Welcome to you both. So Jillian, you've spent some time living in the wilderness. 
Can you, can you elaborate on that for me? I did in college. I was on a three-month semester-long wilderness course with Outward Bound. Oh, and what, were, what did you have at your disposal? Everything that you could carry on your back or...? Yeah, not, you... not many major comforts. They sort of like to keep you off balance, so you're challenged. So you're challenged? Yeah. Uh, what was the highlight? Oh, man, I saw the Northern Lights in Minnesota. That was gorgeous. Yes. Uh, I'm from Canada. I've seen them a couple times. They're kind of amazing. They make you believe maybe there's something else other than you. <laughs> Andrew, recently you drove across America? Yes. How long did it take you? Uh, 35 days, I think. Seven weeks or five weeks, yeah. Five weeks? Nice. Uh, and any highlights from that trip? Um, so I had a 28-year-old Volkswagen van, which I knew was going to break down before we left. Yeah. And then it broke down like sure. in the first week in Nowheresville, Nevada. And uh, so we, you know, we got it towed away, and I was just like, oh, man, like, I don't know, you know like, what are the people around here like? And uh, I get in the tow truck, and the guy's like, so are you religious? And I'm sitting there next to my boyfriend, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to go downhill so quickly. <laughs> And in his defense, he actually ended up being really chill about it, um, and I appreciated that. After he asked me if I was saved about 15 minutes later, and I said no, he, got, he dropped the whole thing for the rest of the trip. Um, but, uh, but yeah. But he still helped you out. Religious, religious tow truck driver. Yeah. Don't worry, he's praying for you. <laughs> so this game is called Go, Johnny, Go. So let's go, Johnny Colton. Yes, I'm going. Here no. I go. <laughs> We've taken the Chuck Berry classic Johnny Be Good and rewritten the lyrics to be about other famous guys named John. All you need to do is ring in and tell us the name of each John. But, of course, we would appreciate it if you sang it, as in, Go, go! Go, John Legend, go! Are you ready? I guess. Okay. <laughs> at, least we, at least you don't have to go, Go! Because those people looked really dumb. You guys are going to look great. This will be better. Yeah, this will be go. much better. John Legend, go. Yeah. <laughs> you mix up the games. <laughs> okay, here we go. You've probably seen a lot of movies this John scored. He's been nominated for more Oscar awards than any other human who's alive today. He did Close Encounters, he did JFK. Not to mention Star Wars and Jurassic Park and a very famous film about a great white shark. Now go. Andrew? Go, 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 John Williams, go! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> nice voice. See? Thank you. You look, you look like a boss. <laughs> Fantastic work, Andrew. Here we go. Here's a John who has a thing in common with pigs. He plays a big-time smoker into Lucky Strike Six. You need an advertisement and my money to burn. His character's an expert, so just listen and learn. He hosted Saturday Night Live and hosted again. He's often on the list of all the sexiest men. Now go! Now go! Yeah, Andrew. This is a total guess. Go, 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 John Belushi, go! <laughs> was he on the list of the sexiest men? I... He was probably... very, very low down on the list. <laughs> I think he died before I was born. Uh, no, we're not looking for John Belushi. Jillian, do you, have a, do you have a guess? Go, go, John Travolta, go. No, I'm sorry, that is also incorrect, although he is quite sexy. <laughs> he used to be. <laughs> uh, who, who knows the answer? John Hamm. Oh. In common with pigs, I get it. Something in common with pigs, yeah, that's I get not... it. That line was never going to be any help to anyone. I knew that. <laughs> From Seoul in South Korea, this John traveled far. You probably recognize him as the friend of Kumar. The character he played was named Harold Lee, a stoned investment banker from New Jersey. He also had a role in American Pie. He called Stifler's Mama Milf. Yeah, it's that guy. Jillian. Go, go, John Choi, go. Yeah, you got it. At least one. All right. This John died very young at only 25, but published odes and poems while he was still alive. A British romantic fella through and through. From Byron and from Shelley learned a thing or two. Where would we be without beauty's truth? And truth is beauty. Ah, fair use. Now go. Andrew? Go, 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 John Keats, go. <laughs> That's right. He's a 
from way back in the day Helped to build the rails across the USA Still driving through the mountains was the name of the game Blasting out the tunnels for the railroad trains But then one day Big John tried to race through the hill He proved that he was faster than a steam-powered drill Now go! Jillian? Go, go, John Henry, go! Yeah, you got it! I kind of want to see man versus drill on Discovery or something like that. Wouldn't that I'm be an sure, awesome show? I'm sure show? it's in development. Yeah, I'm I sure. know. Someone's working on that. All right, this is your last clue. This U.S. president was an honorable man. A lawyer lived in Boston, not a Redcoat fan. Still, he defended them in a famous trial. He finally won the case they were acquitted in style. The vice president under Washington. But when he was the president, he only got one term as one term president. <laughs> Jillian. Go, go, John Adams, go. That's right. Yeah. Well done, Greg. Who won that one? I have to say, Jillian is our winner, and you'll be going to the final round. And here are our next contestants, Kim Macknick and Jason Wallace. Hello. All right, this is an amazing little fun fact about Kim. You are synesthetic. Yes, I am. Yes, in what sense? I hear colors. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, Can it's you like me... being on drugs all the time. Oh, yeah? So when did you first uh, realize that you had this power? Oh, we're going for the nerdy, are we? So I was in an acapella group. Right, we're and, going for uh, the nerdy. Do you know <laughs> where you are? <laughs> um, I was in an acapella group, and, and I kept saying, let's do the blue song, guys. Come on, let's do the blue song. And I'm like, you know, 19 or 20, and everybody's looking at me like I have four heads. Like, the blue song, yeah. crazy person. And one of the girls in the group was like, oh, you have synesthesia. And so it turns out that not everybody knows that 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover by Paul Simon is blue. Um, but I did, and so that's how I figured out that the world is not quite as colorful for everyone else. Wow. Okay, so what color is our show? Well, it depends. I mean, uh, different, yeah. different voices, different music. Um, Blue, but red. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, like ultramarine. You never know. Ultramarine? I like you. <laughs> Jason? Yes? How about a fun fact? I don't know if I can top that. I'm sure you can. Um, I guess I probably know more song lyrics and movie lines than anybody humanly should pop. No. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a useful superpower. That is a useful... I mean, not in the game Only we're about to play, name that but... tune. <laughs> And, and you just love gathering that kind of trivia, always been interested even as a child? Pretty much. Ever since I was like maybe five, I'd watch the same movie over and over again, over again. That way I would memorize the lines. Yes, yeah, so what was the first movie that you did that with? The Karate Kid. Ah, nice. All right. The original. Is, the original, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. There's only one, really. Uh, what's the last line of The Karate Kid? Finish him! <laughs> <laughs> So this game is called Everything But The Why, which I'm told is a game showcasing super vocalics. That sounds like some word nerd stuff, so I'm going to pass it over to you, puzzle guru Greg Pliska. Explain what this is. Well, I will. I'm, I'm shocked everyone doesn't know about super vocalics already. Um, a super vocalic is a word that includes one instance of each of the five vowels, A, E, I, O, and U, in any order. And it, in this case, it does not include Y. So, for example, if I said a handheld drum with jingles around the rim, you'd say tambourine, because tambourine contains each of the vowels only once. <laughs> Jason's thinking, why weren't we doing the last lines game? <laughs> All right, let's give this a shot. This is a tree genus that includes some of the tallest living things on Earth and is also a model of Toyota SUV. Kim. Sequoia? Yes! I am Groot. Medical procedures that might be performed by a coroner. 
Jason. Autopsy. Medical procedures. Medical procedures. Autopsies? Yeah. We'll give it to you. The opposite end of the spectrum from infrared. Ultramarine? No, that's Kim, wrong. that is not the sound we were looking for. Jason. Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet, that oh, is course. what we were looking for. I psyched myself out. I know, that's sometimes when you have too much knowledge, right? Sometimes it's hard. I wouldn't know, but for other people. Mark Twain called this vegetable a cabbage with a college education. Kim. Cauliflower? Yes. This word describes someone with a handlebar, a Fu Manchu, or a walrus-like growth of hair on his or her upper lip. Jason. Mustache. No, it's, a, it's in that world. Kim? Mustachioed. Mustachioed! Oh. Ah. This is your last question. In a 1957 hit song and movie, it's the kind of rock done by Elvis Presley. Jason. Jailhouse Rock. Correct. Uh, I'm going to find out the scores from Greg Pliska in one second, but I just have to say, you guys kind of rocked that game. That was a hard game. Amazing. Puzzlegura, Greg Pliska, how did our fine, smart contestants do? They rocked the game, and they rocked it equally. We have a tie. So I have for you, Kim and Jason, a tiebreaker question about another super vocalic. A conversation between two people. Kim? Dialogue? That is correct. You are our winner. So... Well done, Kim. You'll be moving on to the Ask Me One More final round at the end of our show. to ask me another and ask yourself why isn't that me answering questions? Well, it can be. If you want to join us on the phone or right here on stage, just send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org. Let's meet our next two contestants, Dave Moore and Amanda Clegg-Lyon. Amanda, Dave, here's your task. Give me one highbrow thing that you love and one lowbrow thing that you love. Amanda. Uh, well, I work in theater, so I think uh, Shakespeare plays would probably qualify for the highbrow. Perfecto. And then lowbrow, I have a sad tendency toward bad teen television of my era, like Dawson's Creek and Felicity, and nowadays Pretty Little Liars. I think you'll have a lot of people that are like, I find that highbrow. <laughs> How about you, Dave? Uh, I like to read a lot, and so I say reading would be my highbrow. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be easy. No, I like it. Uh, for lowbrow, porn. <laughs> yeah, some of that Shakespeare porn, though, that stuff is classic. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that yourself. Anyways, let's move it on. <laughs> this game is called... Cultured film quotes, not cult, cultured. Hollywood gets accused of producing blockbusters with no redeeming value, so we've added some much-needed high culture. Each answer is a quote from a well-known movie, but one word has been replaced with the name of a famous historical figure. So, you're fucked. <laughs> Greg Pliska, we need an example. Of course. If I said, the Terminator offers to take on the identity of the German composer famous for the Brandenburg Concertos, the answer would be, I'll be Bach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the correct response. Yeah. 
You see how it is. So it's, a, it's a little punny. There's kind of, it's kind of a mashup of things. Feel free to talk it out. It's just funnier for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's get started. A lovable alien stranded on Earth announces that he would like to make a call to the ancient Greek author of the Iliad and the Odyssey. Amanda. Uh, E.T. phone Homer. You got it. Sports agent Jerry Maguire screams into the phone, begging his client to give him a private viewing of the Impressionist paintings from the Water Lily series. Amanda. Show me the Monet. Exactly. (laughs) Said like an aggressive art collector. (laughs) Psychotic taxi driver Travis Bickle asks his reflection in the mirror if he's conversing with the anthropologist who wrote Coming of Age in Samoa. Dave. Are you talking to Mead? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) In this scene from Apocalypse Now, Lieutenant Colonel Kilgore confesses his fondness for the aroma of the French military leader who lost at Waterloo. Dave. I love the smell of Napoleon in the morning. Yes! Napoleon should dry clean that uniform already, but that is correct. He's at war. He's at war. He's at war. What are you going to do? This is your last clue. As he walks out the door, Rhett Butler bluntly tells the founding father who published Poor Richard's Almanac that he just doesn't care. Dave. Ben Franklin, my dear, I don't give a damn. Exactly. Greg Pliska, who won that game? Thank you both, and congratulations, Dave. You'll be moving on to the final round at the end of the show. That was the crazy game. That was the crazy that was game. Coming up, we'll talk with our VIP, Gilbert Gottfried, and see if we can get him to whisper sweet nothings into our ear. So stay tuned for that. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message come from NatureBox.com. At NatureBox, they understand that your life is busy and there's not always time to get to the store. NatureBox makes it easy to start snacking smarter. Choose from over 100 tasty options like sriracha roasted cashews and French toast granola, or fill out your snack profile and get personalized recommendations delivered right to your door. Spend more time doing what you love and less time trying to find parking. Go to NatureBox.com to personalize your first box now. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and our VIP, you know him from the Comedy Central Roasts. He's the voice of the parrot Iago in Aladdin. He's appeared on dozens of reality competitions and, of course, is known for a famous telling of the aristocrats. Please welcome comedian Gilbert Gottfried. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Your first stand-up act was when you were 15 years old. At what club? I was at the Bitter End. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was it a comedy night? It was called Hoot Nanny Night. <laughs> and it was like you just sign your name there and whatever you did. If you did sword swap, most of them were folk singers. 15-year-old Gilbert Gottfried, and what was your act like? I did mainly impressions. Okay. It's like Boris Karloff and Humphrey Bogart. Even back then, my act was dated. <laughs> but you've made a name for yourself as a comedian who, you know, pushes the envelope, crosses the line, says the things that shouldn't be said. Uh, and so do you think that Like, you've been doing comedy for, whatever, four decades. Are people more sensitive now than they were, you know, in the 80s, let's say? Ah, well, nowadays I feel like every joke should come with a set of instructions. (laughs) 
that like, if you think the joke is funny, laugh. And if you don't think the joke is funny, don't laugh. <laughs> Right, you know, it, it, it's gotten a little crazy. Everyone, every, like, now when you say a joke, you have to apologize right afterwards. And do you think comedians should apologize? Uh, no, no. no. It's, it, it's like, uh, I, I think an audience, like when they go to a horror movie or get on a roller coaster, they want that feeling like they're going to die. And then get off and everything's okay. And I think when they see a comic, they want to feel like something bad could happen. And with me, something bad is happening because they spent money to see me. When they, when they say, ladies and gentlemen, Gilbert Gottfried, they'll go, well, that's a bad thing. This can't be good. Too soon that, you know, the idea of saying a joke, uh, making a joke uh, right after a tragedy, uh, you have done that quite often. Do you, do you think any material is off limits? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just do it. I, every time uh, something pops in my head, I think twice about it and I do it anyway. <laughs> So let's talk about a moment that was uh, partially caught on television and then lives forever uh, on the internet. And of course, everyone in the audience that was there enjoyed it. Uh, you were doing a roast of Hugh Hefner. And why don't you uh, explain to us, I'll let you tell the story of what happens. Well, it was a few days after September 11th. And um, they were originally gonna cancel the roast. And everyone was scared. A lot of people canceled their flights coming into New York. And uh, it was like still, it was like just a couple of days. And there was black smoke still floating in the air. And I, I decided I'm going to go up there and be the first one to do a really uh, poor taste. <laughs> so I said, I have to leave early tonight. I have to catch a flight to L.A., I couldn't get a direct flight. We have to make a stop at the Empire State Building. <laughs> and, uh... and that's got boos and hisses and, and, and people were yelling stuff out and people were getting up to leave and, and it, one guy yelled out too soon, which I thought meant I didn't take a long enough pause between the setup and the punchline. I should have said one, two, three, Empire Staple, and then it would have worked better. My timing was off. Now, you've said that tweeting is a very expensive hobby yes. for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think twice before you tweet a joke? I, yeah, and I send them out anyway. It, just, it doesn't matter anymore. What, what jobs do I have to lose now? <laughs> so I, <laughs> but I, I remember when that happened, when Aflac fired me, uh, one guy tweeted me and he said, Aflac fires Gilbert Gottfried after discovering he's a comedian. <laughs> right! I mean, that is your role. And so when something happens, do you feel, when you're pushing the envelope, it's sort of your, uh, you're turning mainstream on its head, but when the mainstream is expecting you to offend them, does that make you go, I don't want to do it? Yeah, yeah. I, I find out what tragedies are going on in the world because on the internet, people are tweeting me and sending emails going, hey, how about the joke about, you know, those 10,000 people who just died? And I feel like, no, you're expecting it now. Right. That, that kind of kills it. You're not going to get offended and scream for my death. <laughs> <laughs> so people are always afraid when they come on our show about the game. Uh, and when we were talking about your game, now we know that you're an expert at... Of, <laughs> we know you're an expert at reading erotica from that fantastic Fifty Shades of Grey excerpt that you read. Yeah. It is, uh, you know, so we had to, of course, take advantage of your trademark voice. Uh, people, I, I love hearing the descriptions. So people say it's grating or obnoxious or screeching, but they forget the most obvious, seductive. Yes. 
So we want to take advantage of those golden pipes in a game about some of history's and literature's best-known couples. So let's welcome our two contestants, Ben Haber and Ginger Haber. <laughs> Clearly, you are a couple. We are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, married. Married. Ten years. Ten years? Ten Congratulations. Years. Now, you're going to play against each other. Uh, what's at stake here? Oh, everything. Yeah. What is what is the winner get I mean, or the loser? Well, have first to... of all, the respect of our children. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, my, my dignity as the man of the house. But other than that, um, she's going to give me a whole bunch of stuff that you can't really say on NPR. That's <laughs> right. Ten years in, you got to win a quiz, huh? Nice. It's true. It's a lot of work. It's true. This could bring you together because it's called Passionate Proclamations with Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> you know the old saying, the sweetest of all sounds is the voice of the one we love. So he's going to pitch you a little woo and you have to identify the couples we're portraying. Got it? Got it. All right. Take it away, Gilbert. My darling! Yeah, yes, my love? Wherever I go, I carry a piece of you with me, like a rib. You're my one and only. Literally, you're the only man around. Ben. Adam and Eve? Yes! It's like early Tinder. <laughs> My little red-haired firecracker. Yes, dear. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> the rest of the world may adore you in black and white reruns, but I treasure you live in full color. If you ever leave me or our joint production company... <laughs> You'll have some splaining to do. Ben. Lucy and Desi? Exactly. <laughs> Me, Carida. <laughs> See me more. Our love could fill a thousand murals. Everything about you excites me. Your paintings, your politics... Even your eyebrows and little mustache. <laughs> Te amo. Ginger. Frida Kahlo and Diego. Exactly. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and this is your last love woo. My darling. Yes, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> Are you busy later tonight? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk after yeah. the show. When I got marooned in Africa, meeting a man was the furthest thing from my mind. But then I saw you, my beloved, swinging through the trees in that amazing little loincloth. I went ape. Ben. Tarzan and Jane? Tarzan and Jane. Puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, how did our couple do? Well, I have to say, congratulations, Ben. <laughs> you're going to win. You're going to win all that stuff that you can't say on the radio. Nice. Sorry, Ginger. And whatever that stuff is, you'll be doing it in an Ask Me Another anagrammed T-shirt. Thank you so much, Ginger Thank and you. Ben. And how about a hand for our VIP, Gilbert Gottfried? If I should stay, I would only be in your way. So I'll go. Yet I know I will think of you each step of the way. 
That's exactly how I imagined it would That's, be. Uh, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champions, so let's bring back the winners from all of our earlier games. From the big score, Max Ash. From the time machine, Daniel Procurero. From Go Johnny Go, Jillian Schrager. From Everything But The Why, Kim Macknick. And from Cultured Film Quotes, Dave Moore. They will be competing in our Ask Me One More final round, so let me turn things over to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. Thank you, Ophira. All right, contestants, we're going to wrap up the show with a game called Wrap It Up. All the answers in this game will feature the letters R-A-P in consecutive order somewhere in the answer. For example, if I said a long-haired lady in fairy tales, you'd answer Rapunzel. I should note that rap will not always be at the beginning of the word. Now, we're playing the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer, and the last person standing will be our Ask Me Another grand winner. Now, before we begin, I should tell you what you're going to win. It's a personalized prize. Our VIP, Gilbert Gottfried, will call you... All right, contestants, are you ready? Remember, every answer will have the letters R-A-P in consecutive order. All right, here we go. We're starting with Max. A dice-throwing casino game. Craps. That is correct. Okay, Daniel. Areas of a river with white water. Rapids. Correct. Jillian. A tall building. Skyscraper. Correct. Kim, in the end times when the true believers will ascend to heaven. The rapture. Very good. David, the predatory dinosaur made famous by Jurassic Park. Velociraptor. Correct. Max, the magazine whose cover features a yellow border. National Geographic. That is correct. Daniel. A classic 80s loose leaf binder with folders, pockets, and a Velcro closure. Trapper keeper. That's correct. Jillian. A narrow fencing sword used for thrusting. Rapier. That's correct. Kim. A renaissance artist or a ninja turtle. Raphael. Yes, correct. David, a University of Maryland athlete or a non-ninja turtle? I'm sorry, time's up. Max, do you know this one? Ninja tortoise. I don't no, know. No, I'm sorry. Uh, a University of Maryland athlete or a non-ninja turtle? Terrapin. That is correct. Daniel is right. Max and David, thank you very much. I'm sorry you're out. We have three, three players left. All right, and Jillian is up. The world will beat a path to your door if you build a better one. I don't know. Okay, thank you. Kim, do you know this one? A mousetrap. That is correct. Jillian, thank you very much. We're down to two players, Kim and Daniel. Daniel. Fear of crowds and public places. Agoraphobia. Correct. Kim, Scooby-Doo's nephew. Scrappy-Doo. Very good. Daniel, monks known for silence and beer. No, I'm sorry. Raptured time. monks, no. Raptured. <laughs> They're certainly silent once they've been raptured. Uh, Kim, do you know this one? Monks known for silence and beer. Trappist. That is correct. Congratulations. Great job. Yes, Kim, congratulations. You're asking me another big winner. And lucky you, our VIP Gilbert Gottfried has agreed to call you <laughs> Look forward to that. And that is our show. Thank you for listening.
If you would like to be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Greg Pliska. My name anagrams the sparkle gig. Our house musician is Jonathan Coulton. Thou jolt a cannon. Filling in for puzzle editor Art Chung is senior puzzle writer Dan Schofield. Nacho Fiddles. With additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Matt Foster, David Israel, and Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. Josh Rogeson. Rhinos Jog So. Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. And Jess Miller. Gel Misers. Along with Portia robertson Migus, Bargain Tortoises Romp. And Eric Newsom. Curium Zen. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Kristen Moeller, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hi, it's me again, Jonathan Colton. I'm telling you again so that you don't miss it. J.K. Rowling is on Pop Culture Happy Hour, and you should listen. Listen now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. Next time on Ask Me Another, VIP actor Peter Sarsgaard, star of the film Experimenter, tells us what he's learned about humanity. Human beings are part bonobo monkey, part chimpanzee, torture other animals for fun. It's just who we are. I think 1% cockroach. (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Game on.